0: Sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterill, and this is episode 209. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, as always, before we get into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at one 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, we got to talk about our recent betting record because it has absolutely been on point and we got a perfect video to describe how it's been. Cut the check. Boom, cut the check. Cut the check. Hi. All the beers are on me. Where we going? Where we going? Now, our recent betting record has been on point. Manchester City team total on the weekend over two and a half hit, over three and a half for the game hit. We live bet Colorado money line at plus two sixty-five. TCU minus eighteen and a half was our original wager. But after that first drive, we knew where that game was heading. So we were able to hedge out and make some profit. Tennessee covered, AM covered, Bama covered, USC covered. Overall, a lot of college football winners, minus LSU getting steamrolled by Florida State in one of the upsets of the week. Now, let's touch on Euro qualifiers to watch on Thursday. I'm not going to pretend to know some of these matchups. I will not be tuning into Kazakhstan, Finland. Won't be turning into Lithuania, Montenegro. Slovenia, Northern Ireland is a hard pass, as is Czech Republic, Albania. And Poland, Faroe Islands was one that we really looked at, but we're going to stay away because of the number. And speaking of a number that's huge, Denmark versus San Marino. Denmark is minus 20,000 to win this game. So the spread is really gross. When you look at an over two and a half at minus 1,200, they're expecting this to be in the four or four and a half goal range. I think that still is playable. I don't think that you play the spread because San Marino, they always have the potential to score a goal. I don't see it happening for a nation this small, but I think if you can get the over four and a half goals, I think there's a ton of value to be had there. Netherlands and Greece is one that's probably the matchup of the day. Minus 225, Netherlands are at home now. The Greeks are not what they once were. They're not the 0-4 Euro squad. They are much weaker, but they sit second in the standings regardless. And part of that has to do with the fact that Netherlands has only played two games and their goal differential is not in a great spot after their 4-0 loss to France to open things up. For me, though, they're still the second best team in this group. Minus one and a half is plus 125 if you're feeling spicy. I think the over two and a half goals is the way to go at minus 125. It's a little bit more conservative, but still playable at that number. And then you got France versus Ireland, a fun matchup here, minus 475. So again, a huge spread for this one. Keep an eye on what this France team looks like. No Varane likely for them. Still got guys like Pavard at the back. Probably Mbappe up front, giroud Griezmann, the team that went to the World Cup final just last year. But I would keep an eye on this one. I think you could get a nice France number if the game starts out a little bit slow. Moving on now, let's look at Thursday night football. And the big news that came out today, Travis Kelsey hyperextending his knee at practice. I am treating it as though he is not a go for this game. I think the Chiefs can win without him. And I don't think that Andy Reid wants to risk him week one. They've got Super Bowl aspirations and trying to throw him out there after an injury in practice, I don't think is a wise move. I think the Chiefs are going to take their time bringing him back. And it's also when you look at this spread, six and a half is what it's been at for weeks. Now it's down to five and a half. So many same game potential parlays ruined because he's not going to likely go. So I'm really intrigued by this, and I can't wait for the NFL season to kick off. But we've broken down what games are happening. So with that, let's give you our picks for the day. We give the ad read a little bit later on in this episode when we've got Walker Bailey on for our NFL future bets. But let's start with our first pick, which is Netherlands versus Greece over two and a half minus 125. Netherlands, their first two games have three and four goals. Greece. One, three, and three. So I think goals are going to be fine. I think they've got plenty of scoring up front. You've got guys like Depay for Netherlands, Bakasidis for Greece. I think we see both teams score, and we'll see if Netherlands takes care of business at the Phillips Stadium in Eindhoven. I think it's one that could potentially decide who's going to advance in this group. I'm also going to play Kansas City team total under 29 and a half at minus 115. Historically, the Chiefs have not actually done the best at home. It's not that they don't win, they just don't go over as much as they do in other places. I could maybe see them struggling a little bit early on. Mahomes tends to lean on Kelsey out there in pivotal spots in the game. I still see the Chiefs winning, maybe in the 28 to 21 or 28-24 range instead of the 31 or 35 points that I thought they were going to put up earlier in the week. But as I said, keep on listening. We got Walker Bailey on to do a full future bet preview predictions for the nfl season and a whole lot more now let's head over to part two welcome back to the competitive hedge podcast and we are here to preview the nfl season from a betting perspective i couldn't think of a better guy to have on than my fellow degenerate over at the off the ball network he's the co-host of field stormers podcast walker bailey walker how are you doing today
1: Doing really good, man. We're three days out from NFL football. Week one of college is in the rearview now. So, well, it'll be in the rearview this time tomorrow morning. Got one game left, but most of it's in the rearview. Um, yeah, so, it's just so good we, to be
0: back. Well, well, let's uh, let's get your pick for tonight. Clemson, Duke. Where where are we going with this one? What's your favorite for that game?
1: I took under fifty five. I think both, I mean, both defenses have a ton of starters back. They should play well. Clemson has to go on the road, which will make it a little bit more difficult for their offense. Uh, With the new clock rules, I think both teams are going to be a little bit slower tempo, although Garrett Riley's offense at TCU was pretty high tempo. I think it's just going to take a minute for Clemson to adjust. Uh, But I do think defensively they're going to be really sound. I'm not super high on Duke offensively this year. I just think it's a game that ends up probably in, the you know, I think Clemson covers. So I think it'll be in the 35-17 range, which I think uh, that's 52 points, gets us under 55.
0: Fair. So you, you're you giving out a college play. I'll give it a CFL play for today. Argo's on the road, minus six, seven and a half playing Hamilton. Chad Kelly, who Walker knows, uh, I think that he's going to have a really big game in that game in Hamilton. We'll check back in a couple days because we're recording here on a Monday episode. It goes out on Wednesday. We'll see if we were geniuses or whether, uh, whether we came in with the wrong lean. So let's start with our NFL future bets discussion That's where we're going to give out some of our favorite plays for the entire season as far as future bets go now. Most of mine are player prop related. I haven't really dove into my regular season over under win totals yet. The only one that I've really looked at from that perspective is I've seen that Arizona's at four and a half, which I actually like the under there because I don't see a scenario where Kyler actually plays this year. I do think that he's going to have not see the field. We're going to see Arizona. I know that Dobbs is there now, which gives me actually a little bit less confidence that they're going to go under. I think he's better than what McCoy was. And clearly Arizona did as well, because McCoy's no longer there. But under four and a half is where I like on the regular season win totals. Walker, have you seen any lines there that you like? And if not, then what's your first one that you like for the year?
1: All right, we'll start, we'll start down in my neck of the woods. I took the Atlanta Falcons to win the NFC South, plus 215. Um, New Orleans is probably a deserved favorite here at plus 105. Uh, with Derek Carr coming in, you know the defense is going to be pretty good, but I'm pretty sure that their leadership with Dennis Allen is bordering more on incompetence than it is above average head coach material. Uh, it's a favorite that I'd love to try to beat. I think Atlanta's got a lot of weapons offensively that uh, that I'd like to back. Uh, I'm not super. I'm not super sold on Ritter, but I think the run game is going to be good. They're they're really good up front. Bijan Robinson is going to be a weapon in more ways than one. Drake London's been really, really good. It's just been under the radar since the Falcons haven't been good. So I think it's a Kyle Pitts is also really uh, really good. So I'll take I'll take the Falcons to win the NF- NFC South. I think you're going to get a lot of people trying to convince you that Carolina's the team to back with a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young uh, and some weapons there. But in, the rea- in reality, if Carolina were to, re- to compete in this division, you're counting on Bryce Young to be a really good quarterback as a rookie, and you're counting on guys like Jonathan Mingo to step up and be legit NFL wide receivers as rookies. So I'm more, I lean more towards going to the dudes who have been in the league for a minute. I think NFL games are one on the line of scrimmage. Atlanta's offensive line is really good. They'll do enough defensively to stay in games. I think they're going to be able to score points. So uh, I took the Falcons plus 215 one unit to win the NFC South.
0: I'm also with you on the Falcons for NFC South. Now, we didn't get around to an NFC South preview, and quite honestly, I think it's because I didn't care that much about the (laughs) NFC South because we chatted about this before we went live, that I think that doesn't really matter who wins the South because end of the day, they're probably the, we'll call them the four seed in the NFC because I think there's other divisions with higher win totals. And that means that you're probably facing the winner of Dallas and Philly of the NFC East. I don't see a scenario where either of those teams lose against an NFC South team. So that's why I wasn't too concerned about the division. Now, Falcons wise, I like what I see from them heading into the year. Ritter at entering year two, same with Drake London. We saw that he was one of the best rookie wide receivers. Kyle Pitts, let's hopefully get him going, especially in the red zone. Touchdowns wise, he has not been there very much. Um, Algier. He's been
1: he's been fine getting yard, he's been fine getting yards. He just hasn't been able to get across the goal line like it's it's been weird
0: yeah and then you've got Bijan you've got Algier um I just think that that's a very good offense that has a good offensive line it's going to obviously depend on how Ritter plays but I think he did enough last year to to tell me that he's going to be solid this year and and the defense I think is going to keep them in games I'm not crazy about a division when you're looking at Baker Mayfield Bryce Young Derek Carr and Desmond Ritter but I think Ritter might be top two in that division as far as quarterback play goes this year so that's why i'm leaning that running
1: back that running back room is loaded man you've got Bijan, tyler algier and then everybody's forgetting that cordero patterson's still on that roster so yeah like they've got it they've got a bunch of dudes uh and cordero gives you a level of like if the offense is struggling like he can always be on special teams and make plays and that's something he enjoys doing so uh you don't have to like worry about him like you know Getting an attitude and wanting to leave the team or something like that. Shout I'm out. Not Marcus to worry Mariota. about him
0: being Marcus Mariota is basically exactly.
1: Shout out Marcus Mariota.
0: Shout out Marcus Mariota. Really loved him on quarterback for the limited episodes that he was on before he left the team. Now, yeah, there's one that I actually I really like, and I think it's because the NFC is still down. I like NFC East to win the Super Bowl at plus four hundred, and by that logic, I'm I'm getting Philly and Dallas. As much as I think the Giants could be a six or seven seed playoff wise, I don't see them as real Super Bowl contenders. But the fact that you can get the NFC East where I think you have the two best teams in the NFC, some people might argue San Fran, I'm not one of those people. I think that the two best teams are coming out of the NFC East. And so you're basically betting on, I think they get to the Super Bowl. And then after that, We'll see who they play. Maybe you get Buffalo, who hasn't been in a Super Bowl in a very long time. Maybe the Jags sneak through, haven't been in a Super Bowl ever. Maybe it ends up being the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl a couple years. But do they have the top-to-bottom roster to beat Philly or Dallas? That I'm not sure of. And if it's the Chiefs, maybe the Eagles or Dallas can break through and win that Super Bowl. But I just think at plus 400, you're getting both of those teams and then it's an absolute dogfight out in the AFC, so I really like that one. What do you think of it? I think it ties into one of your futures that uh, we have been talking about, and I wore the sweater knowing uh, where you were going with this one.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I actually basically played the same except subtracted Philly out of the equation. I played Dallas outright 14-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I think that they're at worst the third-best team in the NFC, depending on how you feel about San Francisco – I have them as the second-best team in the NFC and not that far behind Philadelphia. So I think you're basically free-rolling this bet into the divisional round of the playoffs at absolute worst. Um, And I think then you're sitting with a 14-to-1 and you're playing a team that you would probably either consider inferior or at worst you're equal to. You're basically asking them to win one playoff game. If you get that 14-to-1 into the NFC Championship game, you basically have a lot of decisions that you can make. You can hedge it out. You can ride it. If Philly gets upset for some reason, uh, at home in the playoffs, then, you know, you can handle that. This is also all assuming that Dallas is a wild card team. Like, I don't think it's impossible to think that they could win the division. And if they win the division, they're the one seed in the NFC. You're not even playing until the divisional round, and then you only need one playoff win. All And at home, at Jerry World, against the lowest-seeded team remaining in the playoffs, all just to get to a place where you can hedge out. Like, I think Dallas just has a ton of value. You're going to have a ton of options. Like, it's very, very rare to find a team at this price where you can just free roll it into the divisional round, free roll it into the playoffs, knowing that you're going to be there. If you wanted to do that with teams at longer prices, you have to live with the fact that the floor is outside the playoffs. Like Detroit could miss the playoffs. The Jets could miss the playoffs. That doesn't mean they will, but they could. And the AFC is loaded. You know, Same thing with Jacksonville. You have to deal – like, the Jacksonville could lose the division. I'm not saying that they're going to, but they could lose the division. The Titans aren't incompetent. Same with the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are the second-best team in the division. But you get the point. I just think at this price, it's too long. Dallas should be closer to 8-1, to 10-1. Like, they should be amongst the probably five or six favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, at a shorter price. And I just – 14 is too much for my blood. That's That has them six, that DraftKings right now. I would have them ahead of the Bengals and ahead of the 49ers and putting them at fourth um, so that I went ahead and played Dallas 14-1. to
0: I am obviously a Dallas fan, so I don't hate the pick. I'm very hopeful for the pick. I'd love to see you cash in, and then obviously uh, I'd get to cash in as a fan if that ends up happening. So I do think that the value is definitely there, 14-1. to As you said, I don't want any part of the AFC as far as betting futures of even if it's like the division one that I had, like I just I don't have an interest in, in picking any winner in the West, any winner in the East, um, as much as I've done maybe like a division parlay for fun. That's more so just for my entertainment throughout the season. I don't truly believe that there's a clear cut team that's definitely going to come out of the AFC, whereas I feel like between Philly and Dallas, I feel very confident that it's going to be one of those two teams coming out of the NFC. So let's move over. I've got a couple player prop ones that I like. I have posted the thread on Twitter. I'm going to be posting more of these throughout the day, or the days ahead, I should say, heading into the season. So I'm going to start with two running back ones that I like. I'm going to start with Najee Harris, over 7.5 rushing TDs. This is at plus 120 over at that 99. Um, I just think coming into year two with Pickett, you've got an improved O-line. He's finished with seven touchdowns his last two seasons, and that's with probably a bottom 5 O-line in the entire league. Pittsburgh has had terrible offensive line play. I think that improvement alone, I think the Steelers being more competitive. I just think that I love the value here. One of the things is Pittsburgh played themselves out of games a lot over the last couple of years. And I think that's not going to happen now that you have better QB play. And so because of that, Najee's just going to be more important for that offense. So I do like Najee touchdowns. I also like a guy who's finally given the opportunity to be the running back one on this team. I like Alexander Madison, over six and a half touchdowns at minus 105 pretty similar to my thought process of I think that this offensive line is pretty good. I think we've seen Dalvin. He went over in three of his four seasons in Minnesota. The one that he missed, he still had six. So he was right there. Madison as a backup last year had five as well. So we're really just asking him to get double the carries and just get a couple more touchdowns. So I think there's great value there. What do you think of both of these ones?
1: Yeah, I like like Madison a lot. I think that running backs are largely replaceable. And I think that that system has, had shown, or has shown that you can have a lot of success as a running back. Uh, there's really no true goal line threat there where he's basically just going to kind of get the workload. So I love Madison. And then your second one was who? Yes. Najee. Yeah. So I like Najee a lot too. The only concern is they really like Jalen Warren. So you just hope he doesn't take a lot, take too many carries away. Uh, I know a lot of fantasy, really sharp fantasy people that like Jalen Warren just in case something happens with Najee. But as long as Najee continues to get the bulk of the workload, he should have a really, really good year.
0: Okay, so what's the next feature that you've got?
1: Uh, so I played
0: Vikings under eight and a
1: half wins in the NFC North. I have been, I said this on our NFC North podcast. They went eleven zero in one score games. They easily could have lost half of them. Uh, I just think mathematically, statistically, all these things should regress to a mean. Uh, you take away Dalvin as well. Like I think we're both believers in Alexander Madison, but like that may not. Like, we'll kind of see. They lost Adam Thielen. They're asking a rookie to step in and replicate his production to an extent. And so I just – I don't really like their defense either. Uh, And also we were talking pre-show just how we thought, you know, how viable Chicago and Green Bay are as we get closer to the season. And then obviously Detroit is the favorite. Like, I think I don't think it's out of the question that Minnesota finishes last in this division. Um, And I think there's a real possibility they finish third. They're my least favorite team in the division right now. So I played them under eight and a half wins. I expect them to finish somewhere around six, seven or eight, somewhere in the six to eight range.
0: So I'm the lowest on the Packers. (laughs) This is something that I noted with Cole Rains. I'm not a Jordan Love guy. I know there's a lot of people heading into this season who think that Jordan Love's going to have a really good year. I'm not one of those people. From the limited action that I've seen, I'm just not a big believer in it. Now, that being said, Minnesota – is probably going to have a bottom two defense in the entire league because they somehow got worse despite being like 30th in many statistical categories defensively. And yeah, this offense is going to be interesting to keep an eye on because, yes, Jefferson, he's coming off one of the best wide receiver years in recent memory, but can he sustain that every single year moving forward because you lose Thielen, now you're going to be relying on Osborne and Addison. They obviously just gave Hawkinson a lot of money as well. He's set in the tight end market right now. I just don't know how well that team's going to look. I still believe that they're a wild card playoff team, but at that, then that has me at nine wins. And maybe that's perhaps me just being a bit more hopeful, being lower on green Bay than most thinking that Chicago's a year away and seeing the rest of the NFC and thinking, well, have they really surpassed Minnesota? And for me, they haven't. So that would be my only hesitation there, but Again, I'm seeing them as a nine-win team. So that can as you said, a lot of really close wins last year. A couple of those don't go their way. They finish at seven and ten or, or eight and uh eight and nine. So that's an interesting one that I'll definitely keep an eye on for you. Now I do like fields, speaking of that same division. Most QB touch rushing touchdowns at plus seven hundred. And you're basically banking on Hurts not having quite the year that he had from a rushing perspective. Last year, Josh Allen's just ahead of him. You know, you've got Lamar just behind him. But I look at this Chicago team, I don't see a goal line back here. I don't think that Khalil Herbert's that. I think they brought in Deontay Foreman, if I'm not mistaken. So I just don't love the running back room there. I think a lot of the time when they're second and goal from the four-yard line, Fields is going to call his own Mm -hmm. number and try and punch it in himself. I think he has the potential to get to double-digit touchdowns, maybe 11 at the very most. That's kind of where they have Hurts' line right now. I think he's going to regress a little bit. He's going to finish with 9 or 10 on the year. So I think at plus 700, you're getting a QB that is very much rush-heavy, and I think that it's got great potential. What do you think of that line?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love it. I just think his legs are such a weapon, and I think they know it, and they know how to use it. Uh, I think the biggest development for Fields will come through the air, but, I mean, I think that also helps just – Because they're going to score on more drives, like they're going to be able to have more confidence, call more pass plays. Like, you know, rushing touchdowns don't all have to be designed. Like, I mean, he'll be able to score when things break down and stuff like that. Uh, I just think he's going to be better. I think they're going to score more points as a team this year. Uh, I think there's going to be some games where teams just don't have an answer for his legs, and so he scores two or three touchdowns, and like that, and that's a huge boost as far as this goes. So,
0: yeah, I just. For me, if I saw this line at closer to plus 250, I would have stayed away or plus 300. But seeing plus 700 with a guy that rushed as much as he did and an improved wide receiver core so he can actually get out and make some of those plays. But also with his legs at times, I think that it's got great value there. Now, let's talk about one that we I think we've consensusly agreed on now after speaking before the show on Offensive Player of the Year. So you were the one who gave me the name Tyree Kill at plus 2000. What is it for Tyreek for you this year? And then I'll kind of weigh in on my thoughts as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked before the show, he missed some games last year and still had 1,710 yards. I think it was like eight touchdowns. And so like, that's obviously a really elite year for a receiver. Tua missed a lot of games as well, and he still found ways to play well. So I think a lot of this with Miami, just in all senses, is banking on Tua's health. But I think if the Dolphins are good and the Dolphins get in the playoffs, that means that Tyreek kind of had a monster year and he is probably going to have a monster year regardless. So I think if he – you know, if the Dolphins get in the playoffs and he has, you know, 1,900 yards and 10 touchdowns, which is just a slight upgrade from last year, then I think you're right there. Like, I mean, I think you're right there in terms of – uh, in terms of an offensive player, the year-caliber player. And so 20, 20 20-to-1 for – 20 to one for that type of player who's going to have that type of production, you know, Justin Jefferson won it last year with 1,809 yards and eight touchdowns. Like Tyreek Hill wasn't that far off of that last year. He was only about 90 yards short of that production last year with all of the mitigating circumstances that I just described. So I think that Tyreek Hill has got a lot of value in terms of offensive player of the year. Um, I just think a healthy two is going to make a world of difference. And uh, so I think 20 to one's too much value there. I think the dolphins I've told you, Maybe I didn't tell you, but I think the Dolphins have the most value in terms of winning the AFC East. Like, I think that's a team that can win the AFC East. I think it's a team that is going to be good enough to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, Um, theoretically. Like, I'm not picking them, but I think they're going to be good enough to be in the conversation. And so that puts Tyreek Hill firmly in Offensive Player of the Year discussion at 21.
0: I think that's the thing. When I'm looking at Offensive Player of the Year, so I had Jefferson last year plus 1,600. It was probably my biggest future win. My thought process was plenty of opportunity in that offense. New head coach. I just thought that the offense was going to pop a lot more, and it did. Jefferson was a big reason why. When I look at Miami, I think they're good enough on both sides of the ball to be a playoff team this year. Um, I would have them probably as second in the division, just ahead of the Jets. But when I look at the other guys that are up for the award, Jamar Chase is the the favorite right now at plus 1,100. And I think the big reason for that is – some of the guys behind him have already won this award. But I think it's been long enough since Tyreek won it that we're, we don't have that voter fatigue that you can see at times. And I think that, as you said, he missed time last year and he barely missed Jefferson's yards. And we were talking about how incredible Jefferson was all year, and it's like Tyreek was right there. And so if yeah. he plays a full year with a healthy Tua, I just think that the that's the best value on the board at plus 2,000. I was debating Nick Chubb. He's plus 1,650. But the issue that I have there is that I don't see Cleveland being a playoff team. And for me to be offensive player of the year, you have to be on an explosive offense. I don't think Cleveland's going to have an explosive offense this year, which is why I stayed away. I wasn't overly impressed with how Deshaun Watson looked late in the year last year. And I know that Chubb's a running back, but I think that that means that the defense is going to be able to stack the box a little bit more if Deshaun doesn't upgrade his play like we saw him play in Houston. Now, Any other future bets for you when it comes to season?
1: Yeah, the other one, the other one total that I really like, and I'm going to sprinkle on this team to win the division as well, God help me, um, is the Denver Broncos. I am taking them over eight and a half wins. I think it's really telling. I think the line's telling a story. Uh, They finished 5-12 last year on a preseason seven and a half win total. You come back this year with a new head coach and Sean Payton, the the preseason win total is eight and a half with no juice either way. Just even money. I think a lot of your I think a lot of squared knowledge, public knowledge will tell you, hey, this team won five games last year. Russell Wilson looked cooked. Um, We're going to take the under. I really think that I really think that the damage that Nathaniel Hackett did with that organization is like it's incredibly understated. Like he really is genuinely just not very smart as far as or he was just not equipped to do the job like he was not good at it. And so Sean Payton comes in where we know he's incredibly good at this. His scheme is going to score points. He's always found ways to score points in this league. Um, so I think I think that they're going to be over eight and a half wins. That shouldn't be bad. They should be. They're going to be playing a last place schedule this year, so the schedule shouldn't look too too difficult. Um, I think they're going to be able to find nine. I think they'll be in playoff conversation. I have them in the playoffs. I think that if they if someone's going to step up and take the Chiefs crown in the AFC West, I think it's them because you know they're going to play defense. It's a hard place to win at mile high, and you're going to have bad teams coming to mile high as well as divisional opponents. Um, so I think that with the – they're also my favorite week one Roger I'll say that. I think they're going to blow the Raiders out in week one. Not close. I think they make a statement week one, and we kind of talk about the Broncos going into week two as a playoff contender. So I'll say it now so that way we can – so when it comes up on overreaction Monday next week, then nobody can say that they said it before me. Um, so I'm sprinkling on them to – I'm sprinkling on them to win the win the FC West. And when I say sprinkling, I mean literally like a tenth of a unit. Um, I mean a tenth of a unit. Like I'm really, really not um, – I'm really, really not going to overexpose myself to the Broncos. But I do think that if you want good value in a division winner that's not maybe one that's getting talked about as much. Because while I bet Atlanta, like that's – it's not a square play – but it's one where I'm not going to be the first person that's told you that Atlanta is a good bet to win the division. Um, but I probably am the first one telling you to bet the Broncos. So I would go in. I'm trying to find a price real quick. Uh, six to one to win the division. I don't think it's crazy. Um, if someone's going to win it, not name the Chiefs. I think it's. I think it's Denver. A lot of people are going to tell you this is the year the Chargers break out, but it's a new system. A lot of the same receivers. I have a lot of the same concerns. Um, They've taken my money a hundred times over the course of like the last five years. Not going to expose myself to that again. Brandon Staley is going to go for fourth downs against the Broncos and get beat both times. Um, So I I just think Denver is going to be at the very worst, just as good as the Chargers, if not a little bit better. So I'll take six to one with the Broncos.
0: So I will be the one that, Will bet the Chargers, and it's. I'm not going to take them to win the division. There's two actually that I like more so than winning the division. They'll probably take my money for the second and third time because I'm sure that at some point I've thought the Chargers were going to be that team. But first one is Herbert MVP at plus 1050. I do think that Kellen Moore coming in and calling plays, I do think that that offense is going to be improved. They were one of the most hurt teams on defense last year as well. I just think that the Chargers do have that potential to just having a really good offensive year. And so I do think that when we're talking value, at least when it comes to MVP odds, I'm not looking at Mahomes. I'm not looking at Burrow. I'm not looking at Allen. I think that the media absolutely loves Herbert. They've been crowning him as the next best thing since he's been a rookie. And so I do think that at plus 1050, it's good odds. I do more so like their over nine and a half win total at minus 120. I do think that they're a 10 and seven football team, maybe 11 and six if they have a really good year. But I just like that win total at nine and a half. I, I, I just don't see a scenario where bringing in Kellen Moore, they somehow get worse and don't make the playoffs. So that's why I would go 10 and seven, 11 and six is where the Chargers are going to finish this year. Now, one team that you mentioned as being going to get the break speed off them week one is the Raiders. And I did bet the worst record last year to be the Bears at plus a thousand that hit, but is this an Arizona at plus 210, like don't even think about it, they're going to be the worst team in football this year? Or is a team like the Raiders, because I'm thinking of them with Jimmy G, I'm not crazy about that offense. I still think that they're good enough to win four or five games, which is probably enough to not be the worst team in the league. But for you, is Arizona, it's just plus 210, they're the team that's going to be the worst in the league this year?
1: Remember last time I was on, we uh, I told you I was going to put a tenth of a unit on Arizona to go zero and seventeen, yeah. just to have something to root for, because I thought that the like I thought the week ten through twelve stretch was the only chance they had, and so I yeah I think barring some crazy upset, like I think Arizona could go zero and seventeen. I think it was like sixteen to one.
0: So the so reason like, why I asked because I knew that you brought it up last time was because they didn't have Dobbs then. I know that you obviously watched them as a Titans fan. He's gonna be their starter until Kyler maybe comes back and Colt McCoy's not gonna be there. So has that changed at all for you or are you still on the 0 and seventeen train potentially happening?
1: I, yeah, I'm still on it. Like, and they may not go in seventeen, but they're gonna be like at three and fourteen, I think, at the like at the best. So I'm still all in on it. Okay. Sticking with it.
0: All right. I w- I had to get your thoughts on that cuz I knew that that was something that we chatted about last time. I keep trying to find a reason to bet someone that isn't Arizona and I just can't get myself to do it. I probably won't bet it cuz the future at plus 210 on something like that. Jimmy that. Jimmy
1: G also Jimmy G also does present like somewhat of a floor. Like I'm not, I don't think he's a world beater, but I think he's enough to where you're just like all right, like I'm not sure that he can be the worst team in the like the worst team in the league. quarterback like I think you have to bet someone where like if you're going to bet like a fewest wins I think you're going like maybe like maybe a rookie quarterback like Houston or you know I like maybe a Tampa I'm trying I'm well I was going to say Washington but I didn't want to hurt feelings so um I think like a Washington maybe or if like if you don't believe in Anthony Richardson then like maybe the Colts But the problem is, like, with those AFC South teams is the division so bad, like those other three teams other than Jacksonville are so bad that, like, if they just beat each other up and they all go one and one against each other, that kind of hurts you as far as worst records go. So.
0: Okay. So I think we've covered a lot of future bets here. Let's talk about who's going to be the playoff teams this year. So let's start in the AFC division winners for me. i as much as I want the Chargers to win the division, I don't think realistically they will. I think it's Kansas City. I think it's Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Jacksonville. What are your four division winners in the AFC?
1: In the AFC, I'm going to take Miami, Cincinnati. I didn't want to do that. Uh, Jacksonville and then Kansas City.
0: Okay. So then who would your three wild card teams be then after that? Um.
1: <laughs> Damn, you want to go first? I'm debating. Yeah. I'm debating between two teams.
0: So I have Miami in as a playoff team. I've got the Chargers getting in, and then I've got Baltimore getting in. The Jets miss out. Teams like the Steelers miss out as well. Denver misses out. So what would your three be? You know what? Fine, I'll be the guy.
1: It's going to be. So I've got. I'll have Buffalo as a wild card. Baltimore as a wild card, and Denver as a wild card. The Jets miss the playoffs, and Rogers for shoot.
0: Sure. Damn. Okay. I like it. I think that uh I think that the potential's there. Everyone's very low on Denver. But Sean Payton coming in, I think that that could be a vastly better looking football team because I think Nathaniel Hackett was just a very bad head coach.
1: It's just show but this just goes to show you how good the AFC is at this point, man. Like you yeah. know, you really like I mean we had a hard time there and that's a like either way, whether Denver gets left out, whether the Jets get left out. You know, whether it's the Dolphins maybe that miss, it just shows how thin the margin for error is going to be with all these good teams in the AFC.
0: And as we head over to the NFC now, we're going to talk about a couple teams where it's like, man, they are not better than probably two teams. The
1: 10th best teams in the AFC.
0: So division-wise, I've got Philly, San Fran, Detroit, and Atlanta as my four division winners. Who are yours?
1: I'm going to go Dallas, Atlanta. San Francisco and
0: Chicago. Chicago, right? Yeah. Your three playoff teams that don't win the divisions in the NFC are
1: Philadelphia, Detroit,
0: and (laughs) (laughs) the Giants. See, even as we get into this, I'm looking at some of these teams, and I'm like, man, it's a shame that they're going to get in.
1: Actually, I'm going to flip it: Philadelphia, Detroit, and the Packers. Okay. So I just yeah. basically pick. I just I just picked here on this very show for the Vikings to finish last. Yeah, because I put because I put the Bears as the division winner and put the Packers and the Lions in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have Minnesota making the playoffs. I'll have Dallas in, and I'll have the Giants in. I think that Seattle will probably be eighth, and then Chicago and Detroit right behind them. But all right,
1: we'll we'll, we'll have some the- fun, and we'll have some fun. I'll even give you a playoff game prediction. Atlanta puts Philly out in the first round.
0: Oh, okay. We're gonna come back. Philly, to that Philly,
1: Philly, disappointment. Philly, Philly disappointment of the season. Like no doubt about it. Dis- most disappointing team in the NFL this year.
0: Okay, so with that then, who have you got coming out of the AFC? Who have you got coming out of the AFC, NFC? Who wins the Super Bowl this year? Obviously, you've got the Dallas future, so I'm assuming that they're a part of that. So Yeah,
1: Dallas. um, I'm going Dallas, uh, Dallas, Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Dallas wins. I cash my ticket, and my future kids are really happy about it.
0: I have Buffalo and Philly. In the Super Bowl with Buffalo winning their first Super Bowl. I think that this is a big Josh Allen redemption year. Everyone was so high on Buffalo last year, and I was one of those people, and then they didn't deliver. I think that they finally do this year. Although I do think that the road for them to get there is they really need Kansas City or Cincy to put each other out or one of them out. Because if you have to go through both, then I just think that that's so daunting in the AFC. So Let's go over now. Let's do our last call pick segment. This is where we give out. We're going to look ahead to some bets later on in the week, just because uh, I'm not betting baseball anymore. I hurt myself too much over the summertime. I just have no interest in betting September baseball with so many teams really not trying to win games. But Last Mountain Distillery, they're the sponsor of this segment. Family owned and operated in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. The first Micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products, like their Old Fashioned, their Dill Pickle Vodka, and a lot of other great products. Thank you so much to Last Mountain Distillery for supporting the show. So, let's look ahead to other bets. Now, I've already mentioned the ones that are happening here on Monday. We do have college football next weekend as well. And I had a good college football weekend, but I'm not the biggest college football better. So as a guy from the South who lives in SEC country, what is a game for you to watch that maybe people aren't looking at quite yet?
1: Yeah. So for me, like, I think so for one to watch, I'm not, and I, pro- I will bet this game, this isn't going to be the best bet that I give you to close the show, but I do think Miami, Texas A&M is going to be one to really, really pay attention to. Um, I, I've already locked in on Miami plus four and a half. Uh, I think, I think Texas a and is fine, but I think Miami coming back home off of last year's loss, revenge spot against the Aggies. I think it's going to be good. Miami actually had a little bit of an environment. I think Van will bounce back and I'm just not super ready to buy in on the, on the Aggies offense yet. So I kind of like Miami to win a close one at home. Uh, and if any even, even if not, I think it's a field goal game. So I've got Miami plus four and a half there. Uh, and then I'll go ahead. I'm going to give, for my best bet, I'm going to give one future and one one week two play. We'll start with the week two play. Going to Boulder, to Colorado. Um, the Buffaloes are hosting Nebraska after week one. Colorado more than impressive after they're uh, in, in Fort Worth against TCU. They looked really, really good. Uh, laying three here against the Cornhuskers. And we are going to go ahead and back Nebraska, taking the Huskers to beat the Buffaloes. uh, I went ahead and took the three points. I fully expect them to win this game outright. I think that uh, with the head coach or with the offensive play calling upgrade, you go from TCU to Nebraska. Colorado couldn't stop the run; they were light up front. Nebraska is not only going to be more physically imposing than TCU was, but but they're going to commit to the run game and stick with it, knowing that Jeff Sims is going to have trouble with turning the ball over. Uh, I fully expect them to be able to run the ball all day. I think that leads to a running, like a really, really shortened game in terms of clock, uh, which is going to hurt uh, the Colorado offense with how fast they play. I think Colorado's defense is going to be on the field for a lot of that game. Uh, I think Nebraska wears them down with their size, their physicality. They win a close game. I took Nebraska plus three. It actually is a two unit play for me. I, I love Nebraska. I ordered a Nebraska hoodie. I'll be wearing a Huskers hoodie during the game. I'm fully in on Nebraska. Also, I tweeted it. I would just buy Nebraska stock now. Like I think that's going to be a team maybe next season you want to look at in the futures markets. And then in the futures market for this season, since we actually have prices on that, we're going to go ahead and back Oregon State 12 to 1 to win the Pac 12. Uh, I said it on Field Stormers the other day uh, before the season started. They played San Jose State yesterday. They covered the 16 and a half on the road and won 42 to 17. DJ Ongole. Uh, looked really good five total touchdowns the Clemson transfer uh, Damian Martinez was really good on the ground and the Beavers are always going to play good defense Uh, it's a loaded conference 12 to one is too long for the team that's probably going to play the best defense in the league and now without divisions they don't have to beat any specifically head-to-head they just need to finish in the top two of that conference to get to the conference title game which gives us a which gives us a shot in terms of in terms of hedging out uh, once we get to the conference title game. You're going to have key games on a Friday night at home against Utah and a key game at home against Washington and a key road trip to Oregon. But other than that, you get road trips to Colorado, Cal, and Washington State, who I would consider, even after the week one, I would still consider those to be three of the worst teams in the Pac-12. So your road games are not too difficult outside of Oregon, which is a rivalry game. All of your big games are going to be in Corvallis, and you're going to have a, a good defense, a good run game, and a quarterback you can trust and a coach that you can trust. So 12 to one's too much for me. Uh, I played Oregon State 12-1 to 1 to win the Pac-12.
0: Okay. Interesting. Nebraska. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of those tickets, but – Oh, I
1: saw, I, okay. I saw the stat before we started the show. I saw the stat before we started the show. A bet online rep tweeted that the only – or the only team – in any sport that has taken more bets for their matchup this week than Colorado is the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Kansas City Chiefs and then the Colorado Buffaloes against the spread. If you're taking Nebraska, it's the ultimate contrarian spot. Everybody watched Shador Sanders light the world on fire last week, and so naturally they're going to come back and back him here at home. I'm just going to go the other way from a matchup standpoint. Minus three, minus three and a half for Colorado is way off my numbers. On the look-ahead line before they played last week, Nebraska was minus eight and a half. Way too big of an adjustment. You can't tell me that there's an eleven-point adjustment based on one week. So I'm going to back the Huskers here.
0: Okay, I like it. Um, I'm actually looking. So I kind of like that right. NC State at home, is seven and a half. I do think that yeah has potential. Um, it's interesting
1: you said that. That's what I said to Mo on Field Stormers. I said that. We were talking about Notre Dame. He mentioned them as a national title contender and was going through their schedule. And I said, he they better be careful on the road. That's a different team at home, NC State is. They play really, really well. They were really sleepy in stores against UConn last week, which was expected, I think, on, from my point of view, especially given it was UConn's first big home game in a really, really long time where they actually were excited about the football team. Yeah. So I think NC State comes home and they play a lot better here. They probably were looking ahead a bit last week. They should play really, really well here. That game should be close down the, straight, down the stretch.
0: Like I still think that Notre Dame pulls it out. But if you told me at the end of it, it's like twenty-seven, twenty-one. NC State barely covers, mm-hmm. but they do. Yep. That's kind of where I'm leaning with it. Um, so I do like the NC State line. Um, otherwise, I, I haven't seen a lot that I've really looked at. I'm intrigued by where that USC line goes. I know that they're playing Stanford, and they should beat the brakes off them. But I don't think I'm gonna bet. I think I would bet their team total over if I was going to play anything. Which try I, to
1: avoid that defense as much as you can. Like you're gonna have to I move. do think another spot. <laughs> I do think another spot to look is I think laying the seven points with Ole Miss on the road at Tulane is something worth looking at. It's a ranked matchup, but these two teams are in a totally different class, which is why Ole Miss is laying seven on the road. Lines telling you a story here. The last time these two teams played, Ole Miss beat them by I think 35 or I think 35 to 42 points at home. I don't expect it to be that bad on the road, but seven is way too short. Uh, that team should be able to go down there. Tulane's box score against South Alabama is going to be kind of deceiving. They had some massive issues up front with South Alabama from a, just a line of scrimmage standpoint. And if they yeah. had issues with South Al, then Ole Miss is going to kill them up front. And if they get killed up front, there's just no shot.
0: Um, I do know as well, obviously no EPL this upcoming weekend, but it is international break. I do think that there's some potential there in Euro qualifiers. Um, I really do like Serbia over. Hungary as a Thursday one. Um, And then I got to look deeper into some spreads, probably look later in the week as well. I'm very interested to see who's actually going to come over and play for their, for their country over this little bit of a break here. One of them that I would look at, and it's mostly a Homer pick is Scotland over Cyprus. I do think that I'm going to have to get a spread there and probably a decent one because Scotland's probably been the surprise of Euro qualifiers because They're 4 0 in their group. They've beat Spain and they've beat Norway already, which is pretty crazy to beat Holland and Spain in the same uh, competition. So I am hopeful and I'm going to maybe keep an eye on that one uh, as of later in the week.
1: It's funny you mentioned the footy features because I have officially pulled a footy feature. I have bet Tottenham plus 175 to finish in the top four. I'm all like Anjabal is just a completely different level. They look like a completely different team with Son at the nine. Um, and they had already been good. I think they're gonna be able to really uh, bag some points too with this with the upcoming fixtures list. They do have a road game against Arsenal, I think in three weeks, and then they also come home, they have a home match with Liverpool. but other than that, they get Fulham, they get Sheffield United and they get Luton Town in the next few weeks. They're minus three ninety currently at home against Sheffield United. So safe to say they're gonna bag three points there. Um, I just I think right now with the way Newcastle's playing, somewhat to an extent with the way United is playing, definitely with the way Chelsea's playing. And I think they're more talented than Brighton. Uh, I just think that one game a week schedule is going to help them a ton. I think they're better than Chelsea. Uh, and with Newcastle and United having to play multiple games a week as we get later into the year, I think Tottenham's going to have an edge on those teams and be more rested. Especially already being out of the Carabao Cup. I think that creates some value. I think they're I think they're going to finish fourth, be back in the Champions League next year, under Ange Postacago.
0: Yeah, I've been very impressed by Tottenham. Obviously, they fell behind early to Burnley, and then they had a really great performance after that, Son scoring a hat-trick there. But United, I'm trying not to panic because I recognize that they took care of business how they should have with Nottingham and Wolves, and then they had two tough road games. They played Tottenham where they didn't take some chances, and then they played Arsenal where, let's face it, they were in it. They got outplayed, but they were in it until the 90th-plus, whatever, and then they gave up two goals. Going to be a very telling stretch over the next couple weeks because after international break, they play Brighton at home and then they have to go and play Bayern Munich at Bayern Munich. So I'm not really too thrilled for that matchup. But I do think that they're going to have a tough stretch coming up after this international break. They really need to get healthy as well. Um, I think it's really showing on the defensive side that they have not been great and they need some of those guys back. So I'll go ahead
1: and say two single game bet. We don't have a line yet that I know of. And I'll check real quick to make sure that we don't have a line. If we do, then I'll go ahead and give me the play. Um,
0: that Brighton game for we, me is gonna be really We hard.
1: do not. Yeah, so we do not have a line on it. Um, obviously, we'll wait to see injury status and stuff coming back. But as long as everybody's healthy and things stay the way they are, we will be backing Tottenham against Arsenal in the North London Derby at the Emirates in a few weeks.
0: Ooh. I'm interested by that one. We'll have to keep an eye on it for sure um but walker i appreciate you hopping on man i uh, go and check out all of his content at walker bailey 818 i believe is where you can find them and so uh tell the folks where they can find your work
1: yeah it is it's at walker bailey 818 we just recorded the week one recap and kind of brief week two preview of field stormers today we're actually recording again tomorrow it took a lot of convincing to get mo to do more than one episode of something in a week but we You're did doing do that.
0: Work by getting him to finally do more episodes.
1: <laughs> well, we got him. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow. I think that'll record tomorrow. We're kind of just waiting to let this Clemson game get played, and then we're going to record tomorrow. It'll probably come out Thursday uh, as a more firm week two preview, as opposed to week one recap, and trying to do it all at once. And that's going to kind of be the format for the show this year, especially once the schedule normalizes, where it'll just be Saturday games. Um, so we'll have. We'll have a Sunday recap of the week prior, where we can kind of react. Week two AP poll or week the week's AP poll will be out, um, and so we'll do that. And then we'll also uh, have a midweek episode where later in the year we'll be able to do some CFP rankings reaction. We'll be able to preview the next week and do stuff like that. So you will know, we'll get two episodes of Field Stormers every single week. Um, that's firmly we confirm that today that's a, that's going to be the schedule upcoming i think we may even do like some later in the year uh some live stream for some games where we just kind of sit and uh just kind of call the game as it is like as it's going on and uh maybe just give people another place where they can watch the game if you don't want to listen to you know kirk Herbstreet street and Fowler or, wh- or whoever it may be calling the game like or beth molins or something um so that's kind of what we've got in the kind of in the in the barrel ready to fire for, uh, for Stormers versus fall. It should be a big fall. We're really, really excited. Uh, check out everybody else at OffTheBallNetwork.com. There's a ton of football content coming. I see you Sundays back this week. I'm really, really excited. Uh, and then Overreaction Monday, obviously, the next Monday, uh, a week from today ahead of Monday night football. It'll be overreactions to every week one game. Uh, we'll have a really, really good crew every single week. There will be a lot of different faces that hop in and out over the course of the season. So really, really excited to be a part of that. Uh, and then obviously NBA season is not that far away, probably six to eight weeks or so from the start of the NBA season, or at least at the very least the start of the preseason. Uh, and we've got so many hoops heads at the network. So just follow those guys. I know that they've been really locked in on the FIBA World Cup and stuff like that right now. So just follow all their coverage of that as it go, as that continues to go on.
0: Appreciate you coming on as always. Yep. Check out field stormers. A lot of great college football content there. I lean on those guys a lot, especially from a betting perspective as we get more so into the college football season, NFL kicks off Thursday. uh, And you heard our preview earlier in the episode as to where, how we think that game is going to go. And then check us out on Friday as well. We're going to have a full breakdown of some college games, some NFL and a lot more, but appreciate you all. And we'll see you guys next time for the competitive.